I guess it's supposed to be a message to Lex Luger. And he goes, ooh, 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 crow. And he leaves from the ring. He's like, ooh, ooh, a crow. Greetings, fellow travelers, and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Welcome in. Have a seat. Have a seat. We have a ton to get through on this show today. I'm your host, Angelus Walker, better known as Cyber Angelus X over on YouTube, but you can call me AJ for short. On the last episode, we talked about WCW Thunder from January 6th, 2000, and the craziness that was surrounding that episode. And today, we're going to keep the ball rolling. Today's discussion, we're going to talk about the Thunder episode from January 12th, 2000. Not as crazy as the last episode, but it still has some pretty good stuff in it. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to say thank you to all that listened to the last episode of the podcast. You guys made it a very successful launch, and now we're available on CastBox, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, Overcast, and Radio Public. And if there's a platform that you use and the show isn't available on it, just let me know and I'll get the show added to it. Something else I'm working on. I'm working on getting the audio to not sound like I'm in a fish tank, so bear with me while I get that worked out. Just a a couple of kinks here and there. I also wanted to try something that I heard on the Daily Boost podcast. Great podcast if you haven't heard it. Definitely, definitely recommend it. Every Monday, the host, Scott, he asks his audience if they've done their homework. And it's it's nothing crazy, really. It's a, it's a simple question. And I want everyone now to, to take a second and really ask yourself this question. How is my life going? Now, why am I asking this, you, you say? What does this have to do with wrestling or WCW? Well, honestly, nothing. But I'm a big advocate for mental health and making sure everyone around me is doing good and good things are going on for them. And I was recently able to switch to to full-time at my work. I'm here recording this podcast. I have a couple of Dead by Daylight videos that I'm working on that I'll be uploading to my channel here soon. I have a lot of good content going up on that, a lot of ideas that I want to do with that. Subscribe if you haven't. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm in good health, and hopefully I'll be able to return to wrestling training here soon. And so periodically, I'll check in, and I want you guys to ask yourself this simple question. How is my life going? And if there's anything going on that you guys want to talk about, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm always available. My door is always open. But now it's time to switch gears. So grab your barbecue sauce, grab your NWO shirts, and pop a cold one because Thursdays are for the boys. And with that being said, let's jump into WCW Thunder from January 12th, 2000. So we kick off the show with the recap of Nitro, very similar to last week's episode, but that's okay. That's okay. 
So Terry Funk, newly minted commissioner of WCW. Terry Funk is in the ring. He's cutting a promo. And he says that Larry Zabisco, Paul Orndorff, and R. Anderson collectively are now known as the old age outlaws. And he says tonight, tonight, Jeff Jarrett, you're going to have three matches. Your first match, you're going up against George the Animal Steel. You're then going to go against Tito Santana in a bunkhouse brawl match. And then your third match is going to be a cage match versus Superfly Jimmy Snuka. I need to be watching Nitro in 2000 because... That's what we're doing on Monday nights? That's really what we're doing? Y'all are crazy. And I am here for it. It then transitions to Kevin Nash, and Terry Funk then says he's going to make a one-on-one match tonight. It's going to be Kevin Nash versus Bret Hart for the WCW Heavyweight Championship. It then transitions backstage. Kevin and Bret are back here. And Kevin says, how many times have you been a world champion, Bret? Brett says, I've been a world champ seven times. Kevin says, I've only been a champ three times, and tonight I'm going to look for number four. They look like they have a pretty good match. Arn Anderson hit the ring and hit Kevin Nash in the back with a baseball bat or something. It then cuts. Sid Vicious is in the ring. He powerbombed Bret Hart as the cage was coming down. And then Terry Funk branded Kevin Nash. With a flaming branding iron. Kicking off Thunder now. It shows Bret Hart arriving separately from the rest of the NWO. Love this set. I wish it would be in video games more often. And it doesn't get anywhere near the love that it should. I hold it near and dear to my heart. Just because I love the look of it. And I can't explain it. It's... It's very similar to my love for the Impact Zone, like the early Impact Zone, like 2005 TNA, I'm talking, in Orlando at Universal Studios. That's the feeling that I get for this Thunder set. I will always love this. So our first matchup here is Vampiro versus Crowbar. David Flair's music is just... Or something weird like that. I have no idea. That's that's legitimately how it starts. I kid you not. So Vampiro then attacks Crowbar from behind. He attacks David Flair from behind. Vampiro then throws Crowbar back into the ring. And he goes to attack David Flair, but he picks him up. And he has him in a rock bottom position. Crowbar comes flying with a senton over the top, landing on both Vampiro and David Flair. He then gets Vampiro back into the ring, slingshot, splash, lands on Vampiro, only gets a two count though. They go back and forth. Vampiro looks to go onto the top rope, but David Flair sweeps his legs out from under him. Crowbar takes advantage, delivers a couple of shots and a kick to Vampiro. Crowbar then goes up to the top rope and he looks like he has him in a Frankensteiner position. And he looks like he's going to go for it. But, but Vampiro's able to counter and delivers a powerbomb from the second rope and gets the three count. David Flair then gets into the ring, tries to sneak in, but Vampiro 
is able to have Spidey center something for a second and felt him coming, delivers a kick that takes David Flair down. The crowbar that David Her- that David Flair had went flying. Daphne then sneaks into the ring and then hits Vampiro on the back of the head, or at least the back of the neck, with a metal bat or something that it looked like. And while Vampiro is down in the, in the corner, David Flair delivers the worst boots that you would ever see. Arn Anderson then comes out to the ring trying to convince David Flair to get his mind back together or try and find the few marbles that he lost. Crowbar then tries to get an attack in on Arn Anderson, but he thwarts him. David just walks right by him, gets out of the ring, and grabs Daphne and heads back up the ramp. We didn't go to commentary, and they run down what we can expect to see on tonight's show. Apparently, we're going to have an outdoor hardcore match. An evening gown match and a champagne on a pole match. We then see Bret Hart backstage and he's making his way out to the ring. Love this world championship. I am going to get me a replica as soon as I can. And I actually would love, I would love to start building a championship replica collection. I just don't have the money. They're so expensive, but my God. I would love to get my hands on a WCW Heavyweight Championship replica. I would be the happiest little lamb chop, let me tell you. But Bret Hart is now on his way out to the ring. Baseball bat in hand. N-W-O. And he cuts a promo. And he says the crowd has every right to boo him because he's let all of them down. He doesn't like the way the NWO has been taking all of these shortcuts. And so... The NWO is out, and the pink and black attack is back. Brett also tells the NWO that they can stick it where the sun doesn't shine. Kevin Nash, Jeff Jarrett, and Big Papa Pump saunter out onto the stage. Like, they have all of the drip. Kevin says that Brett hasn't learned anything since New York, and he's too stupid for his own good. He says the crowd may want heroes, but Brett could have become a god in the NWO. And he says Brett needs to forget about the Canadian hero bullshit and that hard work doesn't pay. Kevin then offers Brett a chance to come back to the team and do the right thing. But Brett then says that Kevin Nash is just a tall piece of shit. He says he'll go through all of the NWO members one by one starting tonight. And he promises to end everything with Kevin Nash and the NWO. Kevin then retaliates with the best line. And he says, you're right, Brett. We're going to end this tonight. But if we also feel like it, we might just end your life. I'm telling you, this is the running theme on Thunder. We take bitches out. We then come back from a commercial break and Bret Hart is just sitting in this locker room, baseball bat at the ready, just staring, just like mean mugging this door, just waiting for the NWO to come blasting in. The old age outlaws were actually watching Bret on a, on a monitor, which they actually had a pretty cool transition. I really like that. And you don't see that done enough. Uh, I wish companies nowadays would do that a little bit more because it was actually really clean 
We then get a clip from Nitro that highlights the brawl between Brian Knobs and Fit Finley. I'm going to have to go back and watch that because it actually looked pretty good. And then from that, we go into our next match, which is the hardcore match, and it's Brian Knobs versus Norman Smiley. Norman is defending the hardcore championship, and he does not want to go outside. He is not about the cold at all. And, and my guy, why are you wearing shorts? He, not only is he wearing shorts, he's wearing short shorts. Hey, brother man, that ain't it. Them short shorts, brother man, that ain't it. So he's forced to go outside, and he immediately gets jumped by Brian Nobbs. He nails him with a bunch of weapons. Uh, Norman eventually gets a couple of good shots in. You know, he comes back by throwing him into the the wall. Not the wall. <laughs> yeah, he just, the wall is just there. He just threw it to the wall. No, he throws him into a wall, and they just start heaving trash cans at each other. A car damn near runs over Norman Smiley, and it distracted him long enough to, to turn around and get blasted in the face with a, a snow shovel from Brian Nobbs. And now Brian Nobbs is the new hardcore champion. Short, but very good. I really like this match. And I really want to see something between Brian Nobbs and Fit Finley for that hardcore championship. I think that would be a really good match. The NWO are walking down the hallway. And they're going door to door looking in each locker room for Brett. Scott eventually spots him and he just kicks in the door to Brett's locker room. We now go out to the ring and the revolution is here. They're here to cut a promo. Shane Douglas is up first on the mic. And he says, there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of rumors on the internet as to who the mystery partner for the revolution is going to be at the upcoming pay-per-view this Sunday whenever they take on the Filthy Animals. Shane says the rumors are that it's going to be none other than the franchise. And he put a lot of oomph, a lot of stink, if you know what I'm saying. He just said the franchise. There's been a lot of talk that the franchise is going to be that mystery partner. But he says you're going to have to wait and see. He then passes the mic off to Dean Malenko. And Dean is sounding like he's trying to do his best Batman impersonation or like he has a cold. But then we go to Perry Saturn, and he is honestly the best part of this promo, because he starts talking about spinning wheels or some shit other, and then it's almost like he loses where he wanted to go with the promo, and instead of coming up with something at the, on the fly, he's like, what are you looking at, bitch? And he, like he's looking at Asia. He's like, what are you looking at? I've had enough of your shit. And then Shane Douglas steps in and he's like, all right, everybody calm down. Calm down. Asia just standing here, mind you. Calm as a cucumber. But Shane is like, calm down. Calm down. And he's like, get your shit together, bitch. You better not screw this up. Asia standing here literally has not done a thing. And then that's just the end of the promo. I don't know how to feel about the revolution. I'm going to have to watch a couple of more episodes to get a feel for them. But I want to know, when did this group start? Because I want to go to the early part of when they first began and then get up to this point. Because I know later on in the year, 
actually sooner rather than later. Dean's gone. He's heading to the WWF, and Perry Saturn is too. So I want to know. I want to see all of their revolution stuff leading up to their departure to the WWF. Backstage now, the NWO are dragging Bret Hart, literally dragging him through the hallways. They pass by a cop or a security guard, somebody in a uniform, because I saw the badge. And the dude's just standing there like, nah, I don't get paid enough for this. The old age outlaws are still watching all this, by the way. I'm really trying to figure out why is this so interesting to them. If Terry Funk doesn't give a shit, why are you still watching? Just leave him be. Let him get his ass whooped. Mean Gene is here now interviewing Tank Abbott, asking him how he feels pretty much about his match this upcoming Sunday against Jerry Don't Call Me Lynn Flynn. And they get into a brawl. There's a mound of dirt here that Jerry Flynn tackles Tank Abbott into. Why is it here? Who knows? Don't ask too many questions. They then get broken up by a a few cops and some event staff. And one of the cops asks Mean Gene who started all this. Mean Gene points to Jerry Flynn. Tank Abbott is saying, don't arrest him. Don't, don't arrest him. Just let him go. I'll whoop his ass. Don't worry about it. Just let me handle it. He shoves one of the event staff. And then on commentary, they say, he just shoved a cop. He just knocked a cop down. But it, it really wasn't, though. <laughs> and I thought I might have just missed it. I went back a couple times. And no, he shoves one of the guys in the yellow shirts, and the yellow shirts say event staff. So I don't know why on commentary they're like, he shoved a cop. He shoved a cop. I guess they just need an excuse for them to get arrested. It's now time for the evening gown match. Medusa versus Oklahoma. We have a couple of highlights from this past Monday Night on Nitro. Oklahoma apparently attacked Medusa with a broom, breaking it over her back. The lady accompanying Medusa to the ring could not look anymore 2000. Oklahoma literally has to be shoved out of the curtain by somebody. (laughs) Custom-made dress on Oklahoma here. There's a sign. they, They go to the crowd, and there's a sign in the crowd that says, Oklahoma is my hero. But then they flip it over, and on the back, it says, Women Belong in the Kitchen. So, I guess another running theme for Thunder is just we have some wild-ass signs. Stacy Keebler, before she was Stacy Keebler, then shows up. She's talking to Oklahoma. She makes a couple of marks on her clipboard and then walks away. Medusa then comes out and kicks the shit out of the back of the net of Oklahoma. Oklahoma tries throughout this match to get some barbecue sauce. (laughs) Okay, wait, wait. So Oklahoma apparently has some barbecue sauce taped to the inside of his leg, and he struggles throughout the entirety of this match, trying to get it off. He tries literally the entire match, and he just cannot get it off. 
So Medusa then drops Oklahoma with a backdrop suplex. And then she's able to rip the dress off of Oklahoma and get the win. I don't know if we necessarily wanted to see Oklahoma stripped on this show, but just in case you wanted to, that's there. So Oklahoma then attacks her with the barbecue sauce bottle, literally hits her in the head with it. I guess it wasn't one of the glass ones, or at least if it was, he didn't hit her hard enough with it. He then strips her dress off of her and then pours the barbecue sauce on her, but he only pours it on her titties. Why? (laughs) Just why? It then shows the NWO burning Bret Hart's gear and... Scott Steiner, with a blowtorch, gets very close to Bret Hart's face and pretty much is like, I ought to burn your fucking face off. And I'm just like, whoa, chill, Scotty. Relax. (laughs) We then get shown Mean Gene interviewing Medusa. And Mean Gene, as you would expect, is being horny for no reason. He's like, well, you know, I feel like it would probably help if I disrobed. No, it, it it won't. Please don't do that. Medusa yells a lot. She says that she's pretty much going to embarrass Oklahoma at the pay-per-view. Somebody from behind the camera yelled clear, and that was the end of that segment. Back out to the ring now. Midnight Undertaker's her way into the ring again. And it's Booker T versus Midnight versus Stevie Ray in an elimination match. Why? I don't know. Midnight comes out first, and then we see Stevie Ray attack Booker T from behind with a steel chair. Stevie comes out and beats up Midnight. They have pretty much the same match that they had last week on Thunder. It was pretty much all Stevie Ray getting heat on Midnight. Booker T then hits the ring. He gets a couple of good shots in. Stevie falls out onto the floor, and then he wants a mic, and he gets counted out. He says that he's going to leave. And because it's an elimination match, Booker T now has to fight Midnight. Booker seemed really hesitant in the beginning, but eventually he starts to get a couple of shots in on Midnight. So Booker goes to hit the axe kick, but Stevie Ray lowers the top rope. Booker falls to the outside. Stevie then nails him with a slapjack, throws him back into the ring, and he says, All right, there you go, Midnight. I gave him to you on a silver platter. Are you going to take the win or are you just going to be a jacked up hoochie? And I don't <laughs> I don't know why, but Stevie specifically referring to Midnight, because that's his thing for her. He refers to her as a jacked up hoochie. <laughs> so Midnight gets down and she looks like she's going to go into the pinfall on Booker, but she pulls Booker on top of her and lays down and Booker gets the win. Stevie then gets onto the apron and exchanges a couple of words with Midnight. Midnight then drop kicks Stevie off of the apron, but then he comes back and hits her in the face with a slapjack. Between this and then the last match with Oklahoma and Medusa, why are we beating up women? <laughs> What's going on? Jerry Flynn is in a holding cell, and then the bright idea of the cops is to throw Tank Abbott in there alongside him and expect them to not fight. Well, that goes well for all of about two seconds. Kevin Nash is threatening to cut Bret Hart's hair, and I'm not buying this whatsoever. It then goes to Mean Gene interviewing Chris Champagne Canyon, and Champagne Canyon says, 
tonight we're going to go out on the town, and Mean Gene, if you can stop being horny for five damn seconds, you might be able to come with us. What belt does Canyon have? Let me know if, if you know what championship this is, because later on on commentary, even they don't know what it is. So let me know. Uh, I actually would love to see some, some pictures or even just find out a little bit more about this championship. Was it just something that Canyon had or was it a legitimate championship? It then shows Kevin Nash cutting Bret Hart's hair, but they keep the camera at an angle to where you can't see Bret. Funk then sends Zabisco and Orndorff to go find out if Bret Hart has had his head actually cut because he just doesn't fucking care enough to go find out himself, apparently. It's now time for the champagne on a pole match. Chris Champagne Canyon comes out first. Again, with two of the most 2,000-looking women you've ever seen. Like They literally look like the definition of someone you would expect to see in 2000. But Chris doesn't come up with the belt, though. So, I'm curious. What is the story with that championship? His accountant is also out here with him, apparently. Who is this dude that's with the briefcase? Bam Bam then makes his way out to the ring, and it shows the history between these two. Bam Bam then sprints towards the ring. He gets in, only to be met with an ambush by Chris Champagne Canyon. Gets a couple of good shots in, staggers, bam, bam. They go back and forth, and at one point, Bigelow goes up to the top rope, but he gets crotched by Champagne Canyon. Canyon then hits a gnarly Russian leg sweep from the top, taking Bam Bam down. So Bam Bam gets up first, and then one of the girls that came out with Canyon gets up on, well, both of them get, get up on the apron. One of them is distracting the referee. The other one is debating when she wants to put her leg in the ring, just waiting for him to get into, into position. Bam Bam then picks up Canyon to set him up for greetings from Asbury. She gets into the ring, distracts Bam Bam. It shows Bam Bam kissing her, but then it goes to a shot that you can very clearly see that Bam Bam is not kissing her. So then Champagne Canyon has that mysterious championship belt. He hits Bam Bam in the face with it, goes into the pinfall, one, two, Bigelow gets the shoulder up. Canyon then goes up, gets the champagne bottle, and he looks to come down from the top rope with sort of like a double axe handle. He was pretty much wanting to come down and break the bottle over Bam Bam's head, but Bam Bam gets a shot in, stuns Canyon for a second. He's got him down. Bam Bam picks up the bottle and he looks like he's going to use it, but he tosses it away. He then goes up to the top rope and hits a headbutt to the dick and then picks his ass up and drops him like a sack of hot rocks with the greetings from Asbury Park, only to then immediately get hit in the back with a baseball bat from Lex Luger, who, oh, oh excuse me, from the total package who is dressed up like Sting. Why is he dressed up like Sting? Who knows? He then attempts to go into a scorpion deathlock, but as soon as he sets down with it, the lights go out. A spotlight then comes onto TP. <laughs> and then a second later, it shows a crow sitting on the top rope. And this crow, I guess, is supposed to be a message to Lex Luger. And he's like, hoo, 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 crow. 
And he leaves from the ring. And he's like, hey, whoa, a crow. Bigelow now looking at TP as he's making his way back up the ramp. Canyon sneaks in from behind him with the champagne bottle in hand, spins him around, breaks it over his head, and then hits his finisher. That's a wrap. We then get a video package for Diamond Dallas Page versus Buff Bagwell. And this rivalry, just like I said last week, is pretty much DDP saying, hey, Buff, you got a tic-tac for a pecker. Stop trying to sleep with my fucking wife. I'll be honest, though. I really don't fucking care about this rivalry. And then it goes to an interview with Mean Gene, and he's once again being horny, as you would expect. And he's here to interview Kimberly Page, DDP's wife. And it's pretty much Mean Gene saying, so you're, you're sleeping with Buff Bagwell? Because I've heard you've been sleeping with Buff Bagwell. How about you just go ahead and, and, and admit that you're sleeping with Buff Bagwell? This interview is literally nothing. So Mean Gene asks, if Buff were standing here right now, what would you have to say? And she says that she saw in his last interview and he had it all wrong because she's only five foot ten, you know, she's six foot one in high heels. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Hold on, because I'm wa- I'm going back and I'm watching this right now as I'm recording this. What the fuck does that even mean? What the fuck? <laughs> and she says it all coy, like, okay, thank you. This interview was nothing. Meanwhile, back to beating up Bret Hart. We're in the NWO's locker room, and the trainer is taping up Kevin Nash's ribs. Double J calls Bret Hart a Canadian goof. It then goes to commercial, and after we come back, Mean Gene is now interviewing Sid Vicious and Chris Benoit. Benoit says, Jarrett, you have four days until you face the Crippler. Sid looks crazy as usual. There's been a lot on these shows so far already. Why are the women being treated like this? Between Medusa being stripped and having her titties covered in barbecue sauce, Midnight getting beat up and blamed for for splitting up the Harlem Heat, Asia and the Revolution, and now Kimberly is is basically being asked, so how are things in the bedroom? So now it's time for the main event, and the NWOs, Jeff Jarrett and Kevin Nash, make their way out to the ring first. Jeff gets in the ring and pretty much immediately says, hey, look, Kev, it's slap nuts country, and I could not agree more. I love this team here, and I don't know why. The The team of Jeff Jarrett and Kevin Ash, specifically in the NWO, I'm all for. I support them as a team. And low-key, I'm hoping they win the tag titles. So Sid comes out first, and he has some weird-ass music. I don't know if this was actually the music that he had at the time, or if this is just a dub from the network, but it is... Uh, Quite interesting, to say the very least. Also, seeing Sid smile here feels wrong. (laughs) Unless it's that creepy smile, you know, like that psychotic-looking smile that he's known for. And 
it sure you know that that's fine that works that's his character but sid just smiling like you know every year like every day average joe smiling it's it's so weird to me but sid's here he's over with the crowd the fans love him benoit is out next looking like a million bucks I wonder when Benoit, Saturn, and Malenko all leave for the WWF. So Sid and Benoit hit the ring, and we pretty much immediately have a brawl on our hands. Sid and Jeff Jarrett are in the ring going at it. Kevin Nash and Chris Benoit are on the outside going at it. Sid looks like he's going to set up for a choke slam in the ring, but Kevin Nash stops any idea of that. Double J then heads to the outside to... Tango with Benoit, they brawl going up the rampway. Double J drops Chris Benoit on a guardrail and Benoit no-sells it. Fuck you. They then say on commentary that you can win one of the three matches and leave with the belt. And if you win the last match, you could lose the first two. Am I just... Not... Understanding? I'm... Thoroughly confused. And, you know, I've been confused before. Hey, I'll be the first to admit, you know, sometimes it happens. But... I'm quite skeptical when it comes to WCW. Am I just missing something? Or did I just not interpret and decode that right? Because... Benoit was so fucking good. So fucking good. Double J sends Benoit off into the ropes, and he goes for a drop kick, but Benoit holds on. Jeff eats the canvas. Benoit then goes for the legs, catapults him into the corner, delivers a couple of good chops. Always loved Benoit's chops. He would just lay them into you. He then sends him off into the buckle, Clotheslines him down. Benoit is on a roll. He then sends Jeff off into the ropes. Big back body drop from the Canadian Crippler. He sends him off into the ropes again, but Jeff reverses. But then Benoit reverses and then takes him down by the arm and then gets him into the Crippler crossface. Oof. Benoit was one of the best. And yeah, what he did was horrible, but Chris Benoit, the wrestler, unmatched. So Kevin Nash, on the outside, throws the U.S. heavyweight belt to Jeff Jarrett. Jeff looks to swing and hit Benoit, but Benoit ducks and then drops him with a belly-to-back suplex. Benoit does his throat-cut gimmick, and he goes up to the top rope, and he looks like he's going to hit the diving headbutt. And you can see in the lower right, it looks like Kevin Nash is going to shove him off. But it almost looked like Nash was too late getting there. And so Benoit comes down with the headbutt, but Jarrett still has the U.S. belt. And he holds it up and Benoit comes face first down on it. Picks him up, delivers it stroke style. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He delivers the stroke. One, two, three, the NWO win. And you can kind of see whenever they, whenever Jeff goes for the pinfall, Benoit is actually bleeding from landing on the belt. It then goes backstage, and apparently Scott Steiner has been attacked. He's laid out underneath a table, and Bret Hart is now missing. 
it then goes to Bret Hart being shown leaving from the arena. And he's like, mm, I'm no bitch. I'm Canadian. And he grabs a steel pipe and he heads back into the arena. Bret then makes his way out to the ring and calls the NWO out Calgary style. So Terry Funk's music hits for a split second, then it stops. It then goes backstage and Terry pretty much says, move, bitch. I got a flaming branding iron. Terry's music then hits and it's him and Arn Anderson making his way out to the ring. Terry Funk gets in the ring and Jeff Jarrett and Kevin Nash scatter. Arn, Terry says that Arn has a bucket of water just in case I decide to put your big ass out. Terry insists that Bret Hart gets out of the ring. But then Arn Anderson throws the bucket of water into the face of Bret Hart. And surprise, it was just makeup. Bret Hart then picks up the pipe and smacks the fuck out of Arn Anderson in the face. And Kevin Nash then comes up behind and just fucking wallop Terry Funk in the head with this damn bat. Like literally just right in the back of the head. The NWO attacked Funk and Arn and then Brett reveals an NWO shirt underneath the one he was wearing. Paul Orndorff and Larry Zbysko now hit the ring and Mike Tanay on commentary says, here come the new age outlaws. No, no, no. So Nash hits Paul in the head with a baseball bat, and Jeff and Larry are on the outside fighting. Sid Vicious and Chris Benoit are now in the ring. Sid goes after Brett, and Benoit goes after Kevin Nash. Scott Hudson on commentary says, while the shot is on Brett Hart and Sid Vicious, Sid and Benoit are in the ring. Those two will hook up for the world title at Sold Out. Did he mean to say Brett and Sid, or did he accidentally spoil that the main event was going to change? So Nash hits Funk in the head again, and then hits him below the belt with the bat. But then Nash gets hit below the belt. By who? I don't know. Honestly, I couldn't really see. (laughs) Nash gets hit below the belt with the branding iron in hand from Terry Funk, I think. But they say it was... Probably from the outside. I don't fucking know. And the show ends with Kevin Nash turning the branding iron towards Terry Funk. Like they're on the ground fighting for control over the branding iron. Not as crazy as last week's episode, but it still had a few good things here and there. Maybe tone it down a little bit. There was just a lot of Hell, it's just flat out man-on-woman violence. Like, what the fuck? If they weren't being beat up in matches, and then they were being blamed for shit, and they weren't even doing anything. Why are we beating up Midnight? Because she tried to break up the Harlem Heat. Why are we pouring barbecue sauce over Medusa's titties? Because fuck her, Cruiserweight Championship. Like, what? (laughs) Was Russo in charge at this point? I really want to know, because... A couple of the things on this show really give me Russo vibes. And the champagne on a pole match, coupled with everything else that I was talking about before, really lives up to what I was hearing about Vince Russo. I really want to know, is Vince Russo still in charge? Is this still part of the Russo era? And I don't really want to go and look up things on the internet because honestly I want to I want to enjoy it and just watch it as it was 
and and see what exactly what was going on because whoo my goodness but that is going to do it ladies and gentlemen for this episode of the wrestle ramble podcast thank you if you have made it this long we have our sold out show coming up and i am so excited to finally sit down and watch that and be able to get my thoughts out on that because there's a couple of things on that pay-per-view that I really want to get through and really want to review. But if you've made it through to the end, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you. we got a lot of good things coming up, and I have a lot of good ideas that I want to do here. We're just going to get the ball rolling with those things. But I have a couple other things that I have in the back that I have to go work on right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you all on the next episode of The Wrestle.